You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What's up, Vox and Hops heads? Here we are, Vox and Hops, episode number 36. Thank you all for tuning in, checking it out. Uh, for those of you, uh, this is your first time. Welcome to Vox and Hops. I'm Matt. I scream for a band called Cryptopsy, and I love craft beer. And I got a bunch of really cool friends, and I like to chat with them and share my chats with all of you. I hope that you had a good week. I had a good week. I'm uh, back home. I, uh, it's been a few weeks I'm back home from uh, my European tour alongside uh, Ingested, Glory Hole, Guillotine, insight night rage and demonical it's nice to be home i'm enjoying it i'm getting back into the groove of being back home and just enjoying life with my family it's 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 a beautiful beautiful thing i had a nice weekend up here i live in canada uh in montreal and you know it's spring has still not arrived it's uh, quite cold but i've been surviving uh, I'm home for a little bit, and uh, I take off again uh, in early July, specifically on July 5th. I'm going to be in Asia, the first Asian tour for Cryptopsy called The Laws of the Flesh 2019. It all starts in Singapore on July 5th, and then we go to Bangkok, Indonesia, Vietnam, Taiwan. We have two dates in Japan, one in Osaka, and the other one's in Tokyo, and we finish off in Korea. I'm super stoked about this. It's going to be a lot of airplanes, uh, but I have faith that the crowds are going to make it all worth it. The Laws of the Flesh 2019 coming up. All the tickets for that are available on the Cryptopsy website and will be in the description of this. Last week, we also announced November we are hitting up Latin America alongside Origin. First time that uh, I ever played with Origin was my one of my earliest tours in Cryptopsy. It was a Canadian tour. It was Cryptopsy Origin and The Last Felony. Way back in 2008, I'm stoked to get back out on the road with Origin, the Death Alliance 2 Latin America Tour. It all starts November 6th. It runs through the 16th. We're going to be hitting two dates in Mexico. We're hitting Monterey. We're hitting uh, Mexico City. We're doing Guatemala. And then we're going to El Salvador, Costa Rica, Panama, Colombia, Peru, Chile, and Argentina, as well as we're ending in Brazil. Super stoked to get back to South America. It's going to be brutal. A lot of blast beats, a lot of screaming. It's going to be a lot of windmilling. I'm super stoked to get back down there. Today on the podcast, you guys get to hear my chat, which I had with my sound man and tour manager from the Hell Over North America tour, the one, the only, the great Alexander Kendrick. All you guys get ready to hear uh, Alexander Kendrick. He's a funny dude. Here it is. Vox and Hops, episode number 36. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. What's up, everybody? Today I'm in Margate, Florida, with uh, a friend who I've made on the road. You never know what you're going to get when you just get this crew thrown at you when you come out on tour. But uh, two years ago, when I did Devastation on the Nation, I met this young man named Alexander Kendrick. He was our TM and our sound man on that one, and uh, when we were coming through the States again, this time around with Aborted, I said, let's ask Alexander Kendrick. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm in the beautiful Margate, Florida, you know. Uh, we have a lovely day outside. Definitely sunny and not rainy at all. No, no, it's definitely not raining at all. No, not at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm doing good, though. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. Uh, I'm getting used to sleeping in the bandwagon. Yeah, last night was a bit rough. It's, but, it's, yeah, uh, it is. It's ups and downs, literally. It's it's a luxury that we have it, so uh, yes. I'm enjoying it, and I'm using it to do some interviews. Mm -hmm. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Who is Alexander Kendrick? What do you do? Uh, I am a freelance tour manager and front-of-house audio engineer for 
maybe some of your favorite metal bands, whoever's listening. Um, I would like to keep doing the Cryptopsy gig for that. You know, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, I've been doing Rings of Saturn for uh, the majority of the last six years. It's kind of my go-to. They take me everywhere, uh, international, blah, blah, blah. Um, aside from that, I'm just a little Georgia guy who sits at home in Georgia, but it's usually <laughs> on tour f- for a minimum of seven to eight months a year. You do, you're definitely, you're a road dog. You're on tour much, much more than I am. Yeah. How do you mentally handle that? It's actually a really good question. A lot of nights, tequila. <laughs> um, but no, I, I feel like after the first couple of weeks, you kind of just get used to it and go on the, you know, like the autopilot kind of mentality where it's just routine. And once you block into it, it's fine. And of course you miss home, you know, and for me, I miss my dogs and my cat, but I get pictures of them daily. So <laughs> at least there's that. I get pictures of my kids and you get, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like my furry little kids. Yeah. Uh, I was brought a delicious beer that I'd like to share with you right now. Yeah, I'm excited to have a taste. It smells delicious. This was given to me by Aaron Mendiola hmm. back when we were in Austin. Ah, yeah, the beautiful um, Austin. He has a metal podcast called Metal and Beers Podcast, and I did an interview, the interview for that. Very nice. So he brought out an Imperial Stout aged in maple bourbon barrels with smoked vanilla. It's called Even More Metal, and it's by Jester King. And he, he he said that this was a collabo with uh, McKellar or Evil Twin, but I don't see that listed anywhere. It's got an eleven point four ABV. Oh, wow. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a doozy. Let's have a little taster. A little taster. Cheers. Cheers. Probably gonna have a quite a nice beer stash after this. <laughs> For everyone at home listening, uh, Alexander Kendrick has a beautiful mustache. Oh wow! Not exactly what I was expecting, but very delicious. It's very boozy. Yeah, very booze heavy. It's definitely um, got like the strong, like almost like a strong ale kind of yeah, back, you know? I don't uh, really necessarily feel that smoked vanilla. I don't know if it's because yeah. it's um, too warm, maybe. With these, I, I typically don't mind them at a, at a room temperature. No, no, I drink, always drink mine. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm d- I just found the smell I'm, delicious. Yeah. yeah, I'm just getting nothing but the the strong Ooh. smell. Yeah, seems effective. Oh, this will definitely do some work on us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about how you got into this crazy world of TMing and sound. The 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 classic story. Yeah, yeah. So I had a really good friend uh, throughout like middle school and high school that uh, ended up opening a recording studio where I lived. And I was always really curious about just recording and the world of audio. Um, I interned with him, if you will, for about a year and a half. I got an opportunity to work at a venue at home, and so I just used the information I had and used it in a live setting, which isn't as exactly as conventional as it seems, because there's a lot of differences. Um, and I was working at a venue for a while, and I did a festival in a South Florida band, actually, called Abiotic. I asked me if I wanted to tour with them, and they were going on a tour with The Faceless. I was very young at the time, so I said, hey, uh, I'll, I'll sleep on it. I'll let you know in the morning, because I had them over in my house to, mm. to sleep. And um, I had recently quit my uh, day job, not even two weeks prior, and I thought about it, and I was like, hey, yeah, let's go. Faceless would be, that's a cool band to do a first tour with. Absolutely. And uh, I did it from there, and ever since then, I've just been networking, and uh, Rings of Saturn was actually on that tour, so that's where I met them. And... Um, from there, yeah, it was just networking, networking, networking. Um, I did, probably didn't start tour managing until about two years in. And then from there, uh, I've just started pretty much TMing every gig I do if if there's the need, you know, which not every time you need a proper TM, but for this thing, I'd like to think so. Uh, yeah, of course. Let's explain to people at home that don't understand what a TM is. 
uh, what would their job be yeah. on a day-to-day basis on tour? It's like the number one goal in my mind is to keep the artist and promoter separated and be the complete middleman. That way there's no need for any communication between, for example, Cryptopsy and tonight's promoter or any other artist and any other promoter. Um, just for example, though, th- stuff as easy as like, you know, with this or the bandwagon, there's honestly, it's it's more so like road managing even. Um, as far as setting bus calls to make sure we get to our show on time for load-in. Um, and most times accommodating waters and towels. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like to think know. we're a simple band. Yeah, yeah. We have simple demands. Definitely don't ask much. Just a little water here, a couple towels there. If there's room for beer, sure. But um, that's that's pretty much the, the most simple way I could think of putting a tour manager. You're the middleman that makes everything happen that's supposed to come from the promoter and venue without the artist having to do any of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously settlements and stuff of this nature, doing all the money in between, you know, middleman for that. But it's really not too tedious of a job depending on which, which artist you're working for. I've had some uh, who are definitely harder than others. Uh, some that I will just never work for again. <laughs> so, yeah. But Cryptopsy's not one of them. So. Good, good to hear. Good, good to, to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's switch gears. Let's talk about beer. Yes. Are you a craft beer enthusiast? Yes, of course. Um, I definitely find myself drinking liquor more nowadays. But um, there are my beers. Like, as you know, I'm a sucker for Le Fin du Monde. That's um, true. Yeah. Um, Unibrew represent. Yeah, definitely. You actually sent me the glass. What was it almost two years ago or something of that nature? I still use it. Only for Unibrew, though. <laughs> I, I won't put anything else in it. <laughs> Blasphemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> but um, there's a lot of good beer in Georgia. Um, for example, like the, the Atalanta, that's sour. Yeah, we're lucky. I drink, I drink that uh, on tap a fair amount at home. Yeah, we had a fan bring out some of that. Last night. And last yeah. night. Oh, it, yeah, it's a local Atlanta brew, so it's probably very fresh in the cans. I'm trying to remember the name of this other one off the top of my head. It's from the same brewery, but it's not called Atalanta. Yeah, Nicole Elizalde brought us out six-pack yeah. of the... Atalanta. Atalanta. Yeah. Which is a tart... It's very tart, like a raspberry, if I remember blackberry. right. Blackberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The raspberry is uh, rapturous. Yeah. That's the one I really like, rapturous. It was pretty it's, good. It's I not really as tart, it. but it's got the full body of the sour, you mm-hmm. know, it's... It's got a, a definitely a different back end taste, you know, than what you're having on the initial taste. If you like walk into like a local place and you're buying bottles, a bottle shop stuff, what is something that you gravitate towards? Um, if it's not a tequila some, night, yeah, right. Which <laughs> which most are. Um, I'm a big fan of Belgian beer, just in general. Um, they do tend to get too sweet sometimes, mm-hmm. so it really depends on the mood, I guess, for me. But. Um, a big fan of Golden Monkey. Okay. No, I um, haven't heard about that one. It's a brewery, or that's not the brewery. The brewery's called Victory Brewing. Ah, uh, that's up near in Reading, though. Yeah, it's right around uh, Reading in Pennsylvania. I think Lancaster, maybe. But um, I was introduced to this beer, actually, by uh, Eric Burke, who was filling in for Napalm Death in 2015. Every show of this tour, he had a rep bring cases and cases of Victory beer. I need to speak to this rep. Yes, yes, <laughs> I, I think so. Because we got them at literally every show. So there were nights where he would just give me, like, hey, here's four or five cases for Black Crown Initiative. Well, I was like, wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, it seemed as if he got, like, a half pallet of this beer every day. That's, that's intense. They also make a really good one called Dirt Wolf, which is a double IPA. It's 8.5 or 9. But they have a lot of really good beers. All their stuff is, even they're like their simple pilsners or 
rather tasty in my opinion. I'm not a big Pilsner fan, but it depends. It depends. There's a there's a, there's time, a time and a place for every beer, you know. Yeah. And I whereas, like a, whereas a person, a normal person, would drink a PBR or a Coors. That's when I would reach for a Pilsner. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'd like to think uh, Corona's not like my favorite beer at all, but if I'm on the beach. You it's a, a perfect pass. lager, yeah, <laughs> with a, with a nice fresh lime. Yeah, the lime has to be there, though. Yeah. Do you remember your first experience with alcohol? Okay, this is a fun one. Um, I was probably fifteen years old. Sorry, mom. Um, <laughs> and my mom actually caught me drinking one day, and she was none too pleased. So she said, "Well, if you if you want to drink, you're going to drink." You're not going to half-ass drink. If you want to drink, this is how, uh, she says Keen, because that's her maiden name. So she goes, this is how a Keen drinks. She, we go out, she buys a bottle of Jaeger, a bottle of whiskey, and then I forget which beer uh, she, she caught me with, but she bought a 30-pack of this beer, like a shit beer, you know, like Bud Light or Natural something Light. like that. Yeah, yeah, and she said, you can invite one friend over. If you guys get through all of this, you may drink. If you don't, I, will, I cannot catch you drinking again, or it's going to be, you know, a big issue. So obviously, me being a rebellious teenager, I tried, and uh, it did not did not work. I woke up in the bathroom. Apparently, uh, I was puking all night, and uh, that was my first time getting like drunk in my life. Because of course, I'd had like a beer before. You or something, got tipsy, but, tipsy, but not wasted. Yeah, like not like proper drunk, and that was my first time ever being proper drunk. How and long? How long did you wait to the next time? A while. Did you, you say your mom's, a, a, your mom's a, a tactic good while. worked? I think it's. I think so. Yeah, because I I steered clear for probably close to a year or two. Okay. Yeah. Afterwards, yeah, that was a very rough one for me. My first <laughs> time getting proper drunk was also my first time blacking out. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> hand in hand. Yeah. What would be the first uh, craft beer that you drank when you realized that oh this just doesn't taste like cheap swill? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, I can't remember the name. I know it was an IPA though. Because it took me a lot of getting used to. So this was probably 2012, you know, or 13. A lot, you know, kind of close to when all the micro brews and the, the craft beers in, in the United States started picking up a lot. And remember, IPAs were always the first thing that everyone would always get on tap, you know, at the local tap rooms or even at just like a restaurant. If they had any craft beer, it'd be an IPA. You wouldn't go and get like a, a Kolsch or a Sour or... Mm-hmm anything like that which i actually love cautious now but smooth smooth up yeah. there with pilsners for me um the guitars from within the ruins joe he owns a brewery in oh gosh oh gosh new england area i forget the state sorry joe um it's called ten bridge brewery and he has the idea of doing a Kolsch called Kolsch klein kind of like <laughs> coach klein from the yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And um, nonetheless, I'm really curious to try this because he was telling me what all he was going to put in it, blase blonde. He actually makes my favorite double APA in the country. Really? Yeah, I was really hoping that we can meet up with him. Uh, Massachusetts I'm, I'm is hoping, what it yeah. is. Or Rhode so, Island, where it is. He's in Massachusetts. So, yeah, we'll be in Rhode Island. It's probably not too far. Maybe we can get him to come out. But yes, please. Ten Bridge Brewery. Yes. It's very good. Yes, please. Owned by the metal for the metal. <laughs> Uh, you primarily work with metal bands. Yes. Have yeah, you specifically ever... these extreme fast ones. <laughs> Have you ever thought of doing different things like pop or rock? or? Yeah. Um, I would take the opportunity in a heartbeat if I had nothing planned. I uh, am definitely not just limited to metal. I definitely have the most experience in this you know, extreme fast metal 
But um, I would take the opportunity in a heartbeat. Just seems different, you know. If Taylor Swift was like, "Hey, dude, you want to come mix my left in-ear monitor?" Sure, I'm there. You know, <laughs> live, dude. <laughs> yeah, just just that one, you know. But yeah, I definitely would. What about walking into clubs like this tonight? And no, no disrespect to the club. There, no, of but course not. Just some are better than others. It's just you know, and, and us not having our own board because a lot of times as a headliner we would bring our own mixing board so that you always have your own comfortable space, mm-hmm. your own comfortable tool to work with now you're walking into a club and half the time you don't know what you're going to get before stepping through the doors right how do you mentally prepare yourself for that moment fortunately for this club this is probably my fourth time being here every time i've been here there's at least a minor audio upgrade okay and this being another time where there is another minor audio well, upgrade. they're investing in the club yeah and they, this club also has new owners now okay which i found out but um also, no more smoking inside. Every time I've been here, there's been smoking, and that's always a damper. I'm a cigarette smoker, and I, I do not smoke inside. It's the worst being a thing vocalist, ever. Being a vocalist, I loathe when yeah, people it's, smoke it's inside. it's disgusting. But, um, so, like, knowing this venue, you know, I kind of knew what I was walking into, but the first time I walked into it, I was like, oh, gosh, we're, this is just a sports bar mm-hmm. that happens to have a stage. That's right, yeah. And, um, which we've seen a few uh, of these yeah, places yeah, in the which, past few weeks. It's been working, good yeah. crowds, but, um... I honestly try and expect the worst case scenario when I see like clubs like this or any other you know capacity of this like size. Like just mixing from an iPad. Yeah, ju- yeah, just from an audio perspective, I always expect the worst. And um, doing that usually, I have a pleasant surprise, except for the the, the dreaded mono system in <laughs> Memphis. Uh, <laughs> mixing from an iPad. Yeah, yeah, was, which, which is no horrible. Board. No talk, uh, no talkback microphone. No changeover music. If, it was a, if it was you're an a venue night. owner or yeah. a promoter, please make sure that that does not happen at your club. Ten out of ten, nobody enjoys it. Seriously, and, and yeah. the, the fans that are paying. Yeah, they, it's just they're dead silence for 15, 20 minutes on the change. And then the PA blew. You know that we lost power. Oh, yeah, halfway yeah, through yeah, our we lost set. power. That was good. That was real good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it, it's definitely clubs like this where it's working for your dollar. You know, as opposed yes, to the which is what I said to you as soon as the yeah, set finished. Yeah. He said we really worked here today. <laughs> yeah. Um, as opposed to you know like the uh, like a festival like a summer slaughter tour or say something like that or you know where you're going to like the House of Blues or something exactly. where you have reliability you know to the fullest extent yeah, every yeah. day and you know a stage manager. An audio manager, you know, all these, this extra crew, because there's not much crew on this tour. You know, no, I'm, no, I, we kept I, it close to, close to our heart. And yeah, definitely. And even amongst the other bands, there's not much crew, just yeah. even in general. And so, just makes kind of di- things difficult, because as an audio engineer and having three bands earlier on this tour, only two now, kind of gives you like the stage manager job title too, because mm-hmm. you're having to run the clock, make sure everything's on time. If it doesn't, it looks bad on me, and then... You know, headliner tour managers, none too pleased. So, just try and keep the chain of command. You know, happy. I, I think I think it's you've been doing a good job, and uh, I know that we've been sounding really good. So, yeah, I'm actually really excited. Like, way more stoked on this tour with the mixes than devastation. Really working. Not out sure well. what it is, but I'm just able to make it sound a lot better. Good. Good. Yeah. Uh, switch gears and uh, talking about horrible PA's, horrible. Systems. What about a horrible tour story? My first time touring Europe, 
my least favorite tour of my life. It was 11 or 12 guys, 12, including the driver, 12 guys, and you know, like the conversion sprinters. Yeah, uh, with the bunks in the back. Yeah, yeah, just like with a little hole to get up there, you know, you can yeah. fit like three if you have to, too comfortably. Yeah. Um, you guys were three. Yeah, it was a three up there, but um, I, I pretty much sat sitting up between uh, Lucas Mann and Ian Bear of Rings. Uh, we, our shoulders touched every day as we slept for 29 days. Wow. That's it was, not uh, fun. Oh, it was horrible. And it was winter over there as well. So all of our boots would be, you know, caked with snow, and we try and dry them out as best we could. But you can't, yeah. Yeah, so then the whole vehicle was just... Uh, it just a soppy mess. disgusting with smell. It was just overwhelming. And I, I probably went through three or four pairs of boots, because once mine got rubbish enough, I would just throw them away. Jeez. There's no saving them, because the, the, the sweat and everything would freeze. And then by the time you put them back on, you're just dethawing the frozen sweat from the day before. And yeah, that was probably my least favorite tour as far as like just, so you're sleeping sitting up. I, 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 I don't like that. I don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I I probably if would never do that again. I'm, I would I'm take a hard much on pass the boat, on that yeah. tour. Yeah. Yeah. No matter who it was, unless the pay was just enough for me to go to a chiropractor every day. But if they could afford yeah. <laughs> that, then... I'm pretty sure we would just like, be back in a nightliner. Yes, <laughs> yes. Which, those are great. Or at least like a sprinter with enough beds for everyone. Yeah, if or, you count or the perhaps benches. just one band in the sprinter. You were more than one Because we had two. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we only, we, when we do the sprinters, we do it just, just no. with Cryptopsy. Yeah, yeah see, that, that'd be luscious. Yeah, shout out to David, our driver. We love you. Yeah. We had... Uh, us, Rings of Saturn, and uh, one of the openers. Okay. And a shared vehicle. Wow. That yeah. is a pretty horrible story. That was yeah. not non fun. Not at all fun. The shows were cool, but what about uh, your 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 own project? Because uh, people might not know that you're actually a musician as well. Yes. And it's Maybe called, not it's the called, best one. It's called Gaia. Correct. And uh, you put out some material last year, I want to say. Yes. And do you have any more in the works? Um, as of right now, it's like loosely in the works because uh, I have about three to four songs done that I've tabbed out because uh, I can write guitar. I know where the notes are and I have theory behind everything, but I can't, I don't have the hand eye coordination. So I'm able to compose on guitar via tablature. And um, one of my best friends growing up lives in Denver, Tim. He's a very big part of the project and uh, we write together. He sends tabs back and forth, blah, blah, blah. And. Um, so we're working on it very slowly. Um, I should probably start practicing vocals again because I haven't done them in about a year. So. It, it, it does take a little bit of time to, to fall into a pocket. Definitely, yeah. especially when, like for me, I'm doing them so inconsistently. Like I may practice, if you say, for you know a month or two before I actually go in and record, trying to figure out tones, you know, and different like a layer effects and figure mm -hmm. out what I want to match with what and. Um, but aside from that, it's just very loose in the works right now. I'd like to have Nick Shaw on it again for bass. He did all of our mixing and mastering on the last one. He wrote the drums, too. Um, he which sounds I, like I someone good to have in your corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he's, he's very well just overall. And again, shout out Nick, Black Crown Initiate. Um, and Andy. I want to have Andy Thomas. 
singing on the next one, but full time instead of one song. I, I think every band should have Andy Thomas singing full time on <laughs> every song. <laughs> He's Shout got out to most, Andy. Yeah, the most angelic yeah. voice I think I've ever heard from a man. From a pleasant body, too. Oh, the childbearing hips. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Gaia was the bastard child of two bands, oh, goodness. what bands would those be? It's so weird because for me, okay, as far as the EP that we just did, the first song. Like, they're all three very different. First one is like a cynic, clean guitars. It's not really heavy at all. The second one is like a blackened death metal with like the orchestral stuff in the background. And the third one's just like a melodic death metal. So I'm trying to think of who, um, I don't know. I guess it'd be like if, if cynic boned, uh, this is a hard one. Because I know that all of my, like, my writing inspiration comes from, like, Cynic. Because I'm trying to write the... I want to write, like, less heavy stuff. And my other writer, Tim, is all about, like, the organic, like, 90s, early 2000s death metal. Okay. So, whatever you would say Cynic meets early 90s, 2000s death metal. There you go. Whatever you would call that. I can't think of the, I guess, proper band. But now What would your vocal approach be? <sighs> it's so weird. Because I sound different on every single song that we've done. Because I always like to try and change it up, at least for me, because I still haven't found tones that I want to do, like, primarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but vocally, I, I remember hearing Whitechapel, like, 12, 13 years ago, and I was like, this is, someone can make this noise? And, this and is, pronounce so well. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's actually what baffled the, me when I first heard that. Yeah, yeah it's insane, because then you can understand, but it's also such a deep guttural and I remember that was probably my first vocal inspiration. Obviously, I, I can't do gutturals like that. I mean, I guess I haven't tried, but that was just what made me, like, totally just start trying. And then I would sit in my room, just, you know, like, making the weird noises. And then, of course, my mom was like, what are you doing? You're are like, you okay? You're th- like 13. What are you doing? And learning you just, like, like squeals do the and classic, stuff like that. Throw on a record and try to sing along to it? Or? Yeah. And then... uh I looked up a lot of YouTube videos, like a lot, and I actually, funny enough, Ian Bear, the singer of Rings Now, had a huge YouTube following for vocal tutorials and really? covers. Uh, yeah, like a lot of his videos have like hundreds of thousands of views. That's amazing. And, um, I was looking, and it turns out I was actually watching his videos before I met him because I was looking on my Facebook memories, you know, and it shows you your posts, blah, blah, blah. And I posted something from like 2010 uh, from YouTube, uh, on Facebook, but a YouTube link. And I was like, here's another like uh, tutorial thing for me and that I'm trying to learn, blah, blah, blah. And now we're like the best of friends. And touring, and touring, touring the together. world together. Yeah. It's so funny. I, I didn't realize that I knew of him before then. but You should get him to coach you live now. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of the ones that I learned the best as far as the YouTube videos goes was a dog bark approach. Yeah. Just try and make like the rough, you yeah. know, like a like the hot air, you know? Yeah, yeah. Not the forced or anything like that. And from there, I just kind of took me just everywhere from there. I, I couldn't learn anything high pitched, like a high scream vocal at all for like five years. I was always doing lows and mids. And If you had to pick, uh, I have two separate questions. Personal, favorite vocalists mm-hmm. that inspire you to scream? That's my first question. And the second would be, Who's the best vocalist you've mixed live? Oh. Two separate questions. Yeah. Okay. Um, a vocalist that inspired me to scream. I would say Phil is still in there. Um, 
I don't know his name, but that band Annotations of an Autopsy. Okay. The yeah. super like crazy effect vocals, like the squeals and whatever have you. It reminds me of like a splash symbol or a Chinese, you know, like it usually <laughs> just very selective and very, just an accent. But some of those were my favorites where it's, you've got your consistent uh, standard, you know, lows and highs. And then out of nowhere, you've just got these monster squeals or whatever, you know, you like to call them pig squeals. Um, best vocalist I think I've mixed live. Uh, as far as best, what would you say? Like just like consistency? Consistency, or? technicality. I think I would have to say, like, James from Black Crown, only because he did all the, the years of, like, the vocal coaching, and he's also a voice actor. Shout out, James. Yeah, he's he's He just he's recorded with Sven yeah. in Austin. For the uh, Doom. For the Doom soundtrack. That's yeah, so cool. And then he was also on, um, what was it? The other one. It was an extended, like, a downloadable content for Elder Scrolls. Oh, cool. But I've never heard someone just who have no warm-up, nothing he can just do nothing and then goes on stage and just never misses a note yeah when i saw them in montreal i was i was very impressed was that the cattle the cattle tour yeah, yeah. yeah. Where we were we in the same formally room. met yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and number two would be you oh that's sweet <laughs> uh, complete different op- uh, direction yes uh this past sunday this is going to come out like much later than that but uh you're a huge wrestling fan we yes. had a wrestlemania party in the bandwagon, Ken Bedini came up and watched the, the final matches. That was a party. Let's talk about wrestling. Well. What, what, why is wrestling so important to you? I started watching it as a kid at a very young age. My mom told me she used to date a guy named Marty Jannetty in high school. Which, if you're listening and you don't know who Marty Jannetty is, uh, he was a wrestler who came into the WWF at the same time as Shawn Michaels, and they were uh, the tag team called The Rockers. That's right. And uh, I had known about them, blah, 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 but I always thought my mom was joking. And um, I was probably like seven? No, eight, eight. And uh, I come home from school, and Marty Jannetty's just in my house, and my mom's like, hey, we're dating again. Whoa. And that's what got me super big into it. And then going He to, was still wrestling at that point. Correct. Yeah, yeah. It was like the last few years of it was like WWE or WWF, you know, like national career, if you will. He's still on the indie circuits now. Um, but just going around traveling with him and then being able to actually meet the wrestlers that I've watched on TV for, you know, so long as, as a little kid, it really took me uh, to like another level of appreciation. With were were they nice with you? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, I remember... It's probably 16. Uh, I went to one of his live events in Orlando. We drove down from our house in Columbus, so that was a uh, hefty drive. Yeah. It was a whole weekend event, but uh, again, being 16, they all took me out to bars after the wrestling events. I'm going with these like wrestling legends, so really? uh, no one's asking me anything when we're walking into the clubs or anything at the bars. And my mom's just, you can't take him in there, Marty. <laughs> and next thing you know, I'm, I'm in these bars. And... <laughs> It was just crazy. Like Jake the Snake, all these people that are like, I don't know, I've just watched and seen so much. And then they're just like, hey, you want a beer? <laughs> That's awesome. To little 16, 17-year-old me. You, you never wanted to go in the direction of becoming a wrestler? It's actually like a huge, huge thing I would like to do still to this day. Um, recently, I just spent three months at home right before this tour. And uh, I found a few friends of mine that work, uh, or new friends of mine, if you will, that work at the gym that I go to. 
They're uh, local professional wrestlers, if you will, and they showed me the location of their practice ring. And uh, I've, I did it like a couple weeks of taking falls and learning really? some things. And um, it would take, you know, obviously a very long time. And I learned a lot from Marty um, throughout my life. And he would he would just suplex me literally in our living room. <laughs> we would say, uh, you're partying with, like a party with Marty because he'll, he'll have, you know, 18 beers. And then party with Marty and you just get suplexed in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wild times my first time actually moving out of my house as a rebellious teenager marty would always pull these pranks he took all of my living room furniture put it in front of my door so i couldn't get out of my room (laughs) but he had done it like five or six times in a month and finally this time for whatever reason that was just the breaking point don't know why doesn't really make sense to me so I packed a bag and I moved to Alabama for three weeks. <laughs> really? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. We were just in Alabama. I'm glad we're not anymore. <laughs> I can say that because I live five minutes from there. I live on the river between Georgia and Alabama. No offense, Alabama, only to some parts. <laughs> WrestleMania, though, that was a good one. I, I like watching you and my bassist, Ollie, yeah. watch wrestling. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that I was noticed we had a lot of different picks for this one. Yeah, yeah, because we did a... The pool of... Uh, who's going to win all the matches and everything. It was fun. It was. I, yeah. I was really enjoyed it. Probably my favorite WrestleMania experience, actually. Cause really? At home, I do, uh, I'll do a grill out every pay-per-view. So, like, once a month, and I have a lot of people over. But this was kind of fun, because I've never done a WrestleMania, like, in a bus or mm-hmm. bandwagon, whatever have you um, that's awesome we had to make some good uh, vegan bus nachos veggie bus nachos it was a good night very much so we have many more good nights to come alexander kendrick oh yeah it's not stopping anytime no. soon <laughs> and i appreciate you coming on vox and hops yeah answering some questions definitely uh, and uh you know me and kendrick are gonna keep hanging out but uh, not with you guys yep so cheers unless you're coming to the show you should come to the show cheers <laughs> yeah cheers thanks for having me man Thank you all so much for listening right to the end. Uh, you Vox and Hops has really, really appreciate it. I love my Alexander Kendrick. I, it's, it's strange. You, you become so close with these people, these crew members, and then, you know, you don't see them for like months sometimes, maybe even a year. And uh, that was the case with Kendrick uh, on this one. We did Devastation on the Nation in 2017, and then I didn't see him for like two years. And then as soon as we come back together, just reconnect. It's like a brotherhood that just finds its rhythm right away. I love you, Alexander Kendrick. I'm stoked to work with you again. I really appreciate all of you guys listening to Vox and Hops. I appreciate you guys sharing it. I appreciate uh, all of you listening to it and uh, telling your friends about it. Uh, There is no Vox and Hops without all of your support. So uh, a big, huge cheers to all of you, the Vox and Hops fans, the Vox and Hops heads. Really, really appreciate it. If you have any suggestions, you have any comments, if you have any... uh, guests that you'd like to suggest for me to interview some beers that you'd like me to taste some beers that you would like to send to me uh, please hit me an email at matt at vox that's m-a-t-t at vox and hops.com vox and a-n-d hops.com i'm all ears i'm super interested in uh hearing from you guys let me know what let me know what's up let me know uh what you're drinking just just you know hit me up let me know next week on the podcast to coincide uh, with their ep release date i have my conversation with the slam king himself jason evans the singer of ingested is going to be on the podcast you'll hear the conversation that we just had 
on our tour together while we were in Berlin in this great, great craft beer place. Stoked to share that with you. Excellent, excellent conversation. Very excited to share that with you. And you guys should absolutely pick up their new EP, which is going to be dropping on June 14th. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you have a great week. I hope you hang out with your loved ones. I hope you hang out with your friends. I hope you hang out with your family. And most importantly, I hope you drink great craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts? Or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? So do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts?